to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday. We got all your important weekend NBA action covered. I'm Zach Harper. Justin Rowan, you're on the show. Rob Lopez, you're pushing buttons. <laughs> Coming up on the show today, Bucks make a trade for another guard. The Lakers are looking to reunite with an old friend. And the Bulls already need a coaching change. But first, the best team in the East flex their antlers once again. I don't know if you can flex antlers, Justin, but Bucks 104, Raptors 99. They go into Toronto. They beat the... They beat the Toronto Raptors with the best record in the league. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 19 points, 19 rebounds, six assists. Kyle Lowry, zero points, seven assists, five rebounds in 34 minutes. Kawhi had 20 and eight. Serge Ibaka had 22. Brooke Lopez with 19. Fred Van Vliet with 19 off the bench. Malcolm Brogdon, 18 points. And more importantly, Justin, two gigantic three-pointers in the in the fourth quarter at the end of the game to give the Bucks the win. This was so fun. I want a thousand games of this in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't care what has to happen to get them there. This is the matchup I want to go to the NBA Finals in the East. No, it really was an exceptional game. And when you look up and down the both teams, there were guys that you'd expect to play better that didn't exactly have great nights. Like Giannis only 19 points. Chris Middleton had a quiet game. Kyle Lowry, obviously zero points, not, not exactly his best night. Um, so I, I think there's other gears that we can see with this matchup. And uh, I'm kind of interested to see what the repercussions of this game uh, are going to be, because I, I think you're going to see a little bit of an arms race with how competitive the East is at the top. And uh, the, the Bucks made one move in adding George Hill. And it'll be interesting to see what the Raptors do to kind of bolster uh, their lineup and, the, the Kyle Lowry situation, it's a little bit concerning, isn't it? It is. It is concerning. He's not good. Like he's, he's been pretty mediocre uh, this past week or two. And, and I don't, I don't know that you necessarily have to, you know, freak out over it. I think he's going to be okay. He's a, obviously a very good player. Um, there was a story, you know, with, with the whole Masai Ujiri thing in terms of he, he's maybe upset, but if you look at, if you look at his last four games, and he, he didn't play in the in the win over Cleveland, but his last four games, uh, he's averaging six points, nine and a half assists, which is good, and only 3.3 turnovers, but he's shooting 21% from the field, 18% from three-point range. And it's just like he's facilitating. They don't need him to score a ton because his team's so deep. Uh, Danny Green's obviously been a huge addition to them, but he's got to be better than this, and he's got a long time to fix it. But if he's feeling like a malcontent at all, or he's, you know, he's pouting still over this DeMar DeRozan stuff, or he's just in a slump, I think it's just concerning to see like, hey, look, Kawhi was, Kawhi could have been better tonight, right? But he was still very good. He was very good down the stretch. Um, They needed that second guy. They needed someone to step up and, and Lowry just didn't seem willing to do it. Not, and I don't even think it's out of a, like, oh, he's, he's proven a point or anything. He just didn't seem like he was comfortable shooting. No, and he's had some issues with his back, and and this has to be a concern for the Raptors moving forward because I know we've all made jokes about Kyle Lowry in the playoffs, but the main issue with him has typically been durability, and he's scaled back the volume over the past couple years, and the last two seasons, his playoff numbers have been a lot better. Um, but I know he's been dealing with issues with his back. He just doesn't seem to get into the paint. Um, most of his assists are coming in transitioning and kind of head manning the ball. Um, no, November, his points per game went down to 13. It was at five for December. And that was before tonight. Um, like you have to worry a little bit because this is a guy that's going to be 33 years old. He's five eleven. He's had issues with durability. And that's kind of your main guy that you're pitching to Kawhi Leonard this summer is Hey, this is our sidekick. So it's going to be interesting to see what Toronto does throughout the season. If they try to make a move, uh, cause if you're Messiah Jerry, I, I think you have to at least be testing the markets to see if you can add 
add another all-star uh, to this team, especially when you do have two good young point guards behind Lowry and Van Vliet and DeLon Wright. Yeah, and even if you if if you think it's it's too risky to move Lowry, right? You think he's going to be okay, and you don't want to move him because then maybe Kawhi doesn't you know think this is as stable of an organization or whatever. Right. I it, this is maybe going too far, maybe being too dramatic because the Raptors still should be in the driver's seat in the East right now. But do you consider moving Ananobi or or Siakam? Which sounds crazy, right? But if you can go get another star to put next to Kawhi to get him to resign, look, those two are going to be really good players for a long time. Right. I'm, I'm in on Siakam. I'm in on, on Anunoby. But if you can go get another star to convince Kawhi to resign, that has to be your priority right now. And it has to be get Kawhi to resign. He's a top three, four player in the league. And then you can kind of deal with accumulating assets elsewhere because Masai is really good at that. Yeah. I, I mean, that was a strategy that I was kind of advocating for even before Kyle Lowry started struggling. Like I think, uh, especially with guys in, in Washington, like Bradley Beal potentially being on the market, like I think you'd be crazy to not at least test those waters. And while I try to hang on to Siakam, I, I would absolutely be looking to offer up some of those other guys to, to make an impact move here. Or on the other side of that, you could do, uh, you could, you know, get Kyle Lowry, right. Health, you know, health wise, right? Like you yeah. can sit him for a month. You can get him into a specialist. You can get that back worked on because you have, right. You have Van Vliet, you have CJ miles, you have Danny Green, exactly. you have all these guys on the perimeter who can give you depth and do some spot playmaking. Also Kawhi's a really good playmaker. So you can, you have the flexibility where you don't have to push him now. Uh, and by the way, those numbers I gave with the, the shooting percentages that didn't even factor in tonight's over five. So right. it's, it's actually a lot worse <laughs> when you include tonight's <laughs> game. Like it's like, you just, you got a long time to get them right, but you still got to get them right. All right, everybody join us again this week on FanDuel for the back-to-back -back Wednesday challenge. You go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. You sign up, you put five bucks in your account. FanDuel's going to put five bucks in your account as a bonus. And you can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday for a chance to appear on the Friday mailbag. Once again, Andre Trotti, wins the FanDuel challenge, wins the back-to-back -back FanDuel challenge. He was on the mailbag again this past Friday. Hey, look, I love Andre Trotti. He's done a great job on the mailbag. Knock him out of there. Get him out of there. I don't want a dynasty here. I want everyone coming <laughs> through. I want people winning left and right. So do what he did. Sign up. Join FanDuel. Use the B2B promo code. Go in. Take down Andre Trotti. Make him prove that he's an elite FanDueler. And go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. Join us every single Wednesday. Let's get to the news of the weekend. We got a lot more news than we do have uh, basketball to discuss. So let's talk about the big news so far this weekend, which is Trevor Reza, maybe back to the Los Angeles Lakers per Adrian Wojnarowski. The teams have been working to reach an agreement with a third team that would take on Contavious Caldwell Pope as part of a larger deal. Uh, the Suns want to get Trevor Reza. He can be traded as of December 15th, which is this coming Saturday uh, for all those summer free agency signings can, can then be moved. Uh, the problem is that, while making progress in the third team scenario, there are no agreements close and both teams remain active in multiple trade discussions because the Suns want to play making guard. They want a draft asset and that's all for, you know, a reason on a one year deal. Justin, I look, I don't think a is as washed as he looked uh, against Kevin Durant in the playoffs or as he looked so far in this uh, much maligned sun season. Uh, but I don't know a, a playmaking guard and a draft asset for a guy on a, you know, you're going to get for another three, four months. I don't know about that. 
Yeah, the the fact that we know exactly what the Suns are looking for confirms my theory that this is the Suns leaking this and trying to drum up some sort of a trade market here. Because um, I, I think a lot of teams were kind of anticipating Ariza to be a buyout guy. And if they've had discussions with the Lakers, obviously they're looking for a little more compensation. Uh, the Lakers are, are offering up uh, KCP in order to kind of jump the line and, and not risk um, losing him on the buyout market. Um, but yeah, like in, in term, the most interesting thing to me is what this third team would be if it does end up being a third team deal, because, um, I, I just want to see kind of what the incentives are there. If this is in fact a, a bigger trade and, and looking for LA to, to add more than one guy, but it, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, you, you got the LeBron James Jones connection. Ariza's, uh, has experience in LA. He'd be a great fit there kind of a two way guy. And, and we've seen with Tyson Chandler, when you get out of Phoenix and you, you kind of get some of your soul back, you, uh, some life comes back into your game. Yeah. A little, it's funny how that works. All of a sudden you, you leave the suns and you, and you get a little rejuvenated. I love the idea of Ariza on the Lakers. I think it's a good fit. I think he can still be very useful. Um, I wonder if that third team could possibly be like the Sixers, which then you could just say, why wouldn't they just want to go get Trevor Ariza unless they don't believe right. Trevor is any good anymore. I don't know that, uh, Caldwell Pope on the Sixers is, is an amazing fit. Cause I'm not convinced he's actually a shooter, but they do need wings. They need other guys who can, who can, you know, play a little bit on both ends. And I think that he would be a welcome addition to them. Even if he's not a great shooter, it's just, you're not going to give up Fultz and a pick for that. That would be crazy. That, that would be crazy. And you might have a little bit of the rich Paul connection there too, where it's okay. We're you're not playing with LeBron anymore, but I'm going to get you to Ben Simmons. And and then that's Philly's way of kind of appeasing Simmons. So maybe, maybe there's something kind of some back channeling happening there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then we had an actual trade, which you alluded to earlier when we were talking bucks, Raptors, the bucks get George Hill, Jason Smith, cash considerations, and a 2021 second round pick from Cleveland. The Cavaliers get Matthew Della Vadova. Oh, what a reunion. John Henson, <laughs> a future protected first round pick, a 2021 second round pick from the bucks and a 2022 second round pick from the wizards. And then the wizards get Sam Decker. So yeah, uh, congrats to the wizards fans. You, you got Sam Decker. <laughs> that's, uh, he's, he's closer to his boy in Washington. That's true. <laughs> he's closer to his guy in Washington. So that's exciting. Um, you know, the bucks get an upgrade at the, at the point guard position in terms of George Hill, if he cares again, can be very useful, right? Uh, he can, he can be a good player. He's, he's a, in theory, a good defender and a guy who can run the pick and roll and score there. And, and while they have Brogdon, they have Eric Bledsoe, you can use another guard who who's useful in that way. Um, they also get a lot of cap flexibility moving forward. They got guys coming up. They got Brogdon coming up. They got Bledsoe coming up. They got Middleton coming up in free agency. So this helps them resign that. Uh, I love the move for the bucks just in terms of the flexibility. Although I don't know if I love the fit of George Hill because since he signed in, in Sacramento, he's, he's been kind of not good. Yeah. It, it's been inconsistent at the very least. Um, and George Hill is another one of those guys that really has struggled with his health. That was kind of the story of his time in Cleveland. Um, in, in Utah too, he, he had a toe injury in Utah that kept taking him out of the lineup. Right. Absolutely. In theory, George Hill is kind of a nice fit. He's almost like another Malcolm Brogdon, a, a guy that's going to kind of control the pace can hit threes. Um, I, I do really like this move for Milwaukee uh, clearing up that cap space and giving themselves more flexibility was a really nice move. Um, as a Cavs fan now, I'm very invested in Giannis Stain, So that pick is going to convert uh, in all likelihood that pick 
the the first round pick at least he couldn't come over to the Cavs until like 2022 I think yeah. uh, just because they do own the, owe that pick uh, to the Suns um, so it'll be interesting my fingers are crossed that that would be the double draft and Giannis stays but um, yeah it's uh, it's nice move by the Bucks creating flexibility John Henson I don't know if he's ever going to play a game as a Cavalier he might get flipped at the deadline but uh, this was a deal that made sense for both teams yeah absolutely and then and then again the Wizards got Sam Decker. Uh, Milwaukee also <laughs> lost to the Warriors over the weekend on Friday, 105-95. Uh, we've got injuries in Denver. That's how you know the season has truly started. Some say it doesn't start till Christmas. It doesn't really start until Denver has a slew of injuries. Paul Millsap is out uh, with a with a broken toe. He's going to be reevaluated in a week. Gary Harris out three to four weeks, according to Woj. Uh, he has a hip injury. Nuggets lost to the Hornets and the Hawks over the weekend, which the Hornets won, sure. The Hawks won. I'm not going to blame the injuries, even without Millsap and without Gary Harris, because come on, it's the Hawks. They couldn't stop John Collins. Like, what? what's going <laughs> on? Like, is this the point where, you know, Denver had – I've said that Denver is a roller coaster team this season in that they had the great start at, what, like 9-1, and one, and then they went 1-6, and six, and then they went on a seven-game win streak – and now they're, you know, now they lose the Hornets, they lose the Hawks. Like, I just don't know that I believe they're going to be consistent. And these injuries, you know, Paul Millsap missed 44 games last year. These injuries kept them out of the playoffs last year. Maybe they have enough of a cushion this time around to to withstand this stuff, but they got to figure it out. Yeah, it's going to be tight. I mean, you look at that Western Conference, you're a bad week away from falling out of the playoffs or you're a good week away from being like first or second. Um, that that just seems to be the story with Denver. They they can't stay healthy. It's really disappointing because this is one of the most fun teams in the league when they are healthy. They have so many guys that can create for themselves and others. And uh, mil- missing Millsap for an extended period of time is going to be tough. Uh, he had struggled early in the season, but was really looking good. Uh, Jamal Murray seems to be battling nagging injuries all year. Gary Harris missing time. Uh, it's just disappointing because uh, th- this is one of the better young teams in the league. And and to see them really kind of always held back by these injuries is, is really disappointing. Yeah. And then uh, we've got one more story from the weekend. I can't remember who I'm stealing this from from Twitter, so I apologize. But the Bulls have hit a boiling point. Jim Boylan is already <laughs> losing the team. Uh, they lost by 56 points on Saturday in a back-to-back against Boston. That was after beating the Thunder the night before. And so they pulled out all five players, all five stars. Starters didn't play the final 21 minutes of that game. They ended up losing 56 points. Boston's franchise best uh, margin of victory in their history. And uh, and so Jim Boylan said, hey, guys, I know we just had a back-to-back. We're going we're gonna to practice on Sunday and the players, apparently, according to Casey Johnson, Bulls reporter, had private group chats talking about skipping the practice. But instead, they uh, they decided to show up and tell the coaching staff they wanted a players-only meeting, which was followed by a meeting with the coaches. My God, Bulls, what the hell? I mean, Andrew Bynum's looking for a comeback. I mean, let, let's just lean into the madness. Let's go all in. Uh, fire Jim Boylan. Hire the other Jim Boylan. Swap Boylan's around. Um, it, it's just a... It's awful in Chicago. That that team is just a mess. Um, Lori Marketing coming back was supposed to be a great thing for them, but uh, it, it hasn't translated on the court just yet. Um, th- there's guys I like on that team, but just how poorly that team has been run is just holding them back, and, and it's really disappointing to see. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I said it. I said it last week. I said, hey, when uh, other than when Derrick Rose became an MVP or when they had the greatest player of all time in Michael Jordan, uh, this Bulls organization is a mess and they're poorly run and it's always a joke. Other than those moments, and I just want to remind everybody, uh, Wizards got Sam Decker. <laughs> Everybody, tickets are running out. If you want to go to Boston Live, Count the Dings back-to-back live podcast show Saturday, March 2nd. It's at the end of the Sloan Conference. It's at the Middle East in Boston. Not the uh, part of the world, but it is a place, a venue in Boston. You can go watch us do our live podcast, hang out with us after, have a really good time. Tickets are on sale to the general public. VIP is sold out. But go to patreon.com slash count the dings, become a Patreon subscriber, get into the Discord, and then maybe you can get a, a VIP on the ticket on the uh, secondary market you can go to count the dings twitter or jade's twitter page at jade underscore hoy for ticket links again march 2nd at the middle east in boston end of the sloan analytics conference come see our live show all right let's go to the other games from sunday just three other games uh the the good one pelicans 116 pistons 108 a really fun game that had a very scary moment because anthony davis and blake griffin collided Davis left the game with a hip injury, but he did eventually come back, scored six points, grabbed nine rebounds, uh, but didn't do a whole lot. And it didn't matter because the Pistons couldn't take advantage of it. Drew Holiday was amazing. 37 points, five assists, five rebounds, overcoming Blake Griffin's 35 and five. Julius Randle had 28 points. Andre Drummond had 23 and 19 for the Pistons. Langston Galloway had 24 points. But the Pistons' late game execution, Justin, was just terrible. They didn't attack the basket at all, aside from the final possession of of the game for them when the when the Pelicans has essentially conceded just to get the time to, to run out a lot of pull-up jumpers from Blake, a lot of asking Blake to initiate offense on the perimeter without any real action. Like I just didn't like what they were doing. Yeah. I, I mean, th- the bottom line is this Detroit team is very, very thin on talent. Um, whoever was buying in at the start of the year, uh, you might want to sell now before the stock really bombs out. Uh, Dwayne Casey has done a great job with that team, but the, the lack of perimeter talent just it ends with these possessions that just end up being kind of whatever shots thrown up there, little pull-up shots. Uh, they're they're not able to generate consistent looks, and uh, it's disappointing to see uh, the Pistons waste the best defensive play of Blake's career and taking out Anthony Davis and limiting him for the night. <laughs> You're but, right. Uh, unfortunately, they did. Yeah, they did. And and you know the Pistons had just been on a five-game win streak that was an easy schedule, but they punctuated with a win over the Warriors when Steph Curry returned, right? And then they followed that up with all justifiable losses, but it's four straight losses against the Thunder at home, at the Bucks, against the Sixers at home, and now against the Pelicans at home. And you just kind of you lose that momentum, and now they're they're down to 13-11, which isn't bad. They can still make the playoffs because it's the East. Because like as I like to say, there are seven teams vying for eight spots in the playoffs in the East. Uh, but this you know this Pistons team just struggles a little too much. Hornets 119, Knicks 107. This was a blowout for most of this game. Uh, Kemba Walker returned home. 25 points, six rebounds, six assists, four steals in the victory. Jeremy Lamb helped him out with 19 points. Kevin Knox, 26 points on 25 shots, had 15 rebounds off the bench. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 21 points. Knicks were very sloppy in this one, giving up 27 points off about 18 turnovers. And then Spurs, Jazz, Spurs 110, Jazz 97, Jazz they take a step forward and then they take a step back and then a step forward and a step back. Donovan Mitchell looked terrible in this game. I don't think he's healthy. Uh, Jazz couldn't hit shots early on. DeMar DeRozan, 26 points, eight assists, six rebounds. Mitchell had 27 points, five rebounds, but it, it took a while for him to get going. LaMarcus Aldridge, 20 points, six rebounds. Rubio had 26. Rudy Gay had 23 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, but this Jazz team just doesn't seem to have that consistency. I had, I had 
claimed they had turned a corner on NBA radio this morning when talking to Amin Al-Hassan, and apparently that corner was right into a wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Utah is just struggling to score. They Kyle, Kyle Korver hasn't solved everything for them yet. They're they're going to need to figure out something and fast because uh, they're they're running out of games to to kind of figure this out and and get better seating because I I do think that home courts would make a big difference for Utah in the playoffs and um, if they continue to struggle offensively I, I I still think they're going to be a playoff team but it's it's looking a little grim right now for them yeah it's not it's not a guarantee just yet. Let's go to the line of the weekend options. Justin, we've got Drew Holiday, today's win over the Pistons, 37 points, five rebounds, five assists. Blake Griffin in the same game with a loss had 35 and five. He also had 31 and 12 uh, in a loss to Philly on Friday. James Harden had 35 points, eight assists in a loss uh, to Luka Doncic, Hallelujah, and uh, in the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday. Jimmy Butler, 38.6 rebounds, six assists in a win over the Pistons on Friday. LeBron James at 35 and 11. Uh, with eight rebounds, DeMar DeRozan, 36, nine and eight. Who's your line of the weekend? Uh, I think I'll go with uh, DeRozan, uh, 36, nine and eight, real, real big performance for DeRozan. Um, he's, he struggled there for a little while, but it, it seems like the Spurs are starting to build a little bit of momentum back. Uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm giving it to our own Mariano. The birth of his son, Landon. Congrats to him. Congrats to the family. That's my new godson. Even if they haven't made it official yet, I'm just going to call him <laughs> my godson. And uh, I'm going to teach him all the things that uh, Mariano is not allowed to teach him. So congrats to Mariano and the uh, Count the Dings family. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Count the Dings. Check out the back-to-back shows from this past week with Basketball Buds and Nerdist She Wrote. we got new ones on Tuesday and Thursday coming up. B-O-M-M Podcast has its own feed. New episode on Monday. Very special Woke Bros with attorney Alex Spiro. You can find those on its feed. Like, subscribe, uh, review, rate, all that good stuff wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, do the same for the Daily Ding. Do the same for Back to Back. Do the same for Kian Fahey's NFL Pod, The Interceptable, who has a great co-host in uh, Zach Harper. And, of course, the House of Strauss. Thanks for waking up with us. Go to work. Go brush your teeth. Go holiday shopping. All that stuff. Justin, can you give me a black tray ding ding? Ding ding. Ding ding.